0: Talking Tennessee transfer news in and out. It's Four Downs right now. It's brought to you by friend Andy Mason, Andy Mason, Estate.com. Four Downs, Four Questions, Four Answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four Four, Four? Downs, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. Andy Mason, best service, best prices in the biz. East Tennessee, over 40 years right there. Your real estate needs will be well taken care of. First person I called moving back to Knoxville, and it's Andy Mason. Andy Mason, realestate.com. So we have Tennessee transfer news. So let's go ahead and get to four downs and break some of this down because December used to be all about recruiting and kind of sort of getting ready for a football game, a bowl game. But now – it's really more about keeping your staff together, keeping your team together, having that arm around the shoulder that maybe this isn't the best place for you anymore type of conversation. So let's go ahead and dig into it right now. Uh, first of all, Coop, what should people do that like the program? Cooper Mays here. Hit like and subscribe. Thank you, Coop. First down. Coop here. First down. All right, We got ball transfer news. Warren Burrell enters the portal. Loss, big loss, mega loss. Where would you rank it? Not a big loss.
1: I'd say, okay, how about this? Loss. Just loss. I, I mean it's not like he's nothing. Um, I think Warren Burrell was actually he was coming back from injury, and I think he's very good guarding number two receivers. But Dave, honestly, I think Tennessee's got plenty of cornerbacks that can guard number two receivers. Their problem is they don't have somebody who can guard a number one receiver.
0: You know, the only reason I struggle with this, and I think Tennessee's offensive line is going to see this, and I think Tennessee's secondary is going to see this, where eventually it's going to be, buddy, I'm sorry, you're not good enough to play at the University of Tennessee. I think the talent level will raise to that point. I don't know that it's there yet. So I don't know that you say goodbye to some of these offensive linemen and defensive backs in particular. Linebackers, a a whole different argument. You just need four good ones. I think you could do that if you needed to or move Elijah Herring to defensive end. But those two positions, I'm not ready to say goodbye to live bodies that know the system. And that's a lame reason to keep somebody, but that's my reasoning.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. But I think cornerback has is actually deeper than people think in terms of p- players who can see the field. It's just not deep in terms of number one cornerbacks. There's not a cornerback that can shut down coverage on one side of the field on this roster at all. So. No. That's so Burrell and not look, Ricky Gibson and Jordan Matthews will both be able to do what Warren Burrell can do next year. So
0: we hope so. um, Aren't we a little surprised we didn't see more of them, especially Jordan Matthews, based off what I heard in preseason and your evaluation of him. I'm a little surprised we didn't see Jordan Matthews in there earlier.
1: I would be more surprised next year. I'm never surprised when they're a freshman. If you don't see them, I do get surprised if you hear a lot of hype and they're a sophomore. My example of that, Dave, is you covered him. I heard hype about Rico McCoy the minute he stepped on campus at Tennessee. Remember that when he was like absolutely standing out in practice, still didn't play that much in 2005. And well, that's a
0: good point. And Rashad Baker by Philip former was called the most fluid wide receiver he had ever seen. And the next day he was moved to defensive back. So <laughs> go, even the head coaches can be wrong. Uh, if, if we can as well represented by, Banks and Jones. Let's get to a second down. Cooper Mays here. Second down. All right. UT offers uh MTSU transfer. We uh, uh, defensive lineman And then I want to get to Boo Carter. So let's talk about the guys that could come into Tennessee's football program. What do we know about this Blue Raider? And then I want to get to Boo Carter and tell you that I'm sorry, Walter Nolan may be an alum of mine, Powell High School. But he does not have deep East Tennessee ties. Let's start with the MTSU transfer as we look for guys that might come into the program as opposed to leave.
1: Yeah. So Marley Cook is an MTSU transfer. Um he has he's a grad transfer, so there's not going to be any like holdbacks for him. He's only 6'1, 284. But honestly, Dave, you can be a little undersized and play on the line in the system if you have agility to a certain degree. And so I think that would be fine. He did have I mean, he had 19 tackles for a loss and 10 and a half sacks last year, largely playing in the middle. That's an insane stat line when you're playing in the middle. I don't care that you're at, at, what is it, Conference USA level. That's pretty impressive. So I think this is actually a pretty intriguing option for the Vols. And I would say that, look, we saw this. We're mentioning him. You're right, guys. I stand corrected. McCollin Castles is not going to be back next year. But that's proof of your best transfers are the guys that come from smaller levels that may have just been misevaluated that are really really good and really really experienced. And I think Marley Cook could help with Tennessee with their lack of depth that they need on the defensive line next year.
0: I'm split on the tight ends. If you use them like you did Fant and Warren, where they're a big part of the offense, then they're integral to this offense. I believe they will be uh, with Nico at the helm. Joe Milton, that wasn't those weren't his best passes up until the Vanderbilt game. Uh, it's it's the little uh, dinks and dunks and the intermediate routes, which is primarily what they run. That just wasn't his. That wasn't his best ball. So I don't think that that was going to uh, happen anytime soon. All right. So guys coming in and out of the transfer portal, the latest news uh, that we have, and that is Boo Carter. Apparently, do we want to pull that Twitter up? Let's pull that Twitter up. Asking Walter. Is this Nulles. third down? Oh yeah, it is third down. Sorry about that, Coop, Sorry, Tennessee center Cooper Mays here. Down. what else should people do Co- cooper may is here hit like and subscribe yes so this is still Gabe actually... would never
1: spot the ball as an official guys in case you don't know he would just let the clock run out like 30 seconds run off the clock and just never spot it
0: <laughs> no I, I would be awful of that um so th- this is going to be crammed together boo carter asked walter nolan to come back home all right So for those that don't know walter nolan was born in memphis he played high school football at three different schools olive branch high school and olive branch mississippi st benedict at auburndale and memphis as a junior and powell high school as a senior Is coach at powell matt lowe who is terrible at poker described him as a young man who has been blessed with size speed and athleticism and matt always a great quote um he doesn't have ties to east tennessee i don't think he has any reason to come to east tennessee other than the business reasons opportunity and cash and i will still say when you get involved with an a m or a tennessee or even an old miss ranked higher on the on three ability to pay out then then i thought would you're already entrenched with financial deals so i think it's actually tougher in some cases to pull a transfer from another school than it was five years ago before the transfer portal and before nil does that make sense
1: yeah, and I'm with you. I don't think Walter Nolan's leaving Texas A&M. There's too much money on the table. And also, here's the thing. the day, This day and age with the NFL, if you're thinking about your NFL draft stock, they scout so well. Walter Nolan's not going to hurt his draft stock staying at Texas A&M, regardless of the transition they're going through. He's just going to lose money. So I'm, I can't blame him for staying there. I will say this. This telling story to me is uh, I think Dave and many of you on the message board owe Boo Carter an apology. He's not going anywhere. He clearly I, okay, wants to yeah, see it, Tennessee. I'm
0: glad you pointed that out because I will admit when I'm wrong. I don't think I transferred a lot. He flirted with Colorado. I actually predicted at one point I don't think he ends up at Tennessee. But now he's recruiting for the Vols, so I think that's good news for the Vols, and I think it's good news that Boo Carter will end up at Tennessee. So I'm totally leaving that one behind and what and
1: when what in what what stratosphere at this stage would anybody of Vu Carler's caliber where he is in his connections to Tennessee flip his commit to Colorado given what's happening with Deion Sanders right now out there.
0: Oh well no i at the time we're in September. I thought that yeah I was giving Deion Sanders the benefit of the doubt but that's clearly not the case anymore. His I told you I'm addicted to watching his press conferences, him and Jim Harbaugh now, and his press conferences are on YouTube. And it was like he went through, Deion Sanders did, and uh, greeted everyone, like, kind of shook their hand and said, hey, good uh, good to come back and all this sort of thing. Well, why? Because he's in a little bit of trouble. It's like when the, the guy at the press conference says, Caleb, that's a very good question. He's doing two things. He's trying to endear himself to you, and he's trying to think of something good to say. So as far as third down, uh, that's uh, potentially players coming into the program. You mentioned no, that's Juice, fourth but- down. Come on. Well, Dave, I'm, you gotta still on the ball I'm still, oh, on, still third. on third.
1: Oh, OK. Sorry. You're still on third. OK.
0: <laughs> sorry. Guys that'll affect Tennessee. Juice Wells at wide receiver from South Carolina. Then I want to get to yeah, the guys that will affect Tennessee, not from a roster standpoint. That's fourth down. Maybe this is on the fly. Uh, that's fourth down. But before we get uh, past third down, which is a possession down in some situations, although uh, Caleb never punts, uh, Juice Wells, fit? No? Would he come to Tennessee? Thoughts?
1: I mean, I would consider him coming to Tennessee Consider coming to Tennessee if I were him. The only reason he wouldn't is he'd be a slot guy, and I think Squirrel White still has that locked up. And Juice Wells wants to play immediately. He's already been in, the, in college, uh, a, a major receiver for two years. He's transferring because Spencer Rattler entered the portal, and he knows that nobody else is going to throw him the ball. So my particularly with Shane Beamer and Dowell Watkins as offensive coordinator, keep an eye on other guys too. Mazio Bennett, you made a prediction last year, Dave, that Mazio Bennett would not stay at South Carolina when he committed, flip from Tennessee to South Carolina. I did. I think I think we're going to see that within the next month.
0: Mm, okay, and I can't blame him. Okay, I <clears throat> here's my thing with with Juice Wells. I, I and, and you talk about him being a slot. I would not have said this a month ago. But Dante Thornton could slide outside and play an outside receiver position. I don't think it's his best fit. I think it's uh a slot. But we saw that happen later in the year before he got hurt, that he did play wide out. So then maybe you're looking for another slot receiver. So it depends what Tennessee wants to do with Dante Thornton. They want to slide him outside, which they did for a couple of plays before he got hurt. If you remember, I never thought that they would move that. We never saw Jalen Hyatt play play wide receiver where Cedric Tillman and Bruce McCoy played. We never saw any of that. uh, Ramel Keaton included, but we saw a little bit of that. So I don't know. Maybe you're more open to Juice Wells if you think Dante Thornton can man the outside. And quite frankly, it seems to benefit Dante Thornton's skill set better. I never said that through the recruiting process, but I always kind of thought it subconsciously.
1: You're still forgetting Squirrel White. Juice Wells is still not going to Tennessee with Squirrel White there.
0: You don't even think he'd be okay with alternating, say like Tennessee did no. with tight ends?
1: No, okay. he did not want to alternate because there's a half chance he won't alternate because they still might keep Thornton in the slot. So he has to take the chance that Thornton moves to the outside just so he has the chance to alternate at that point. So that's fair.
0: OK, here's the other thing we don't know. Is he just in it for the cash? Like a guy that rhymes with Ronte Borton?
1: I, I mean, if he's just in it for the cash, then Tennessee can get him. But they
0: would yeah, have but to. They need to, to they, hurt need right. they need to put their cash
1: elsewhere. They need to put their cash elsewhere.
0: But there will be one goofy move in the SEC where you're like, why did he do that? And if you really knew behind the scenes, it was because of the cash. Which down, Coop? All SEC center, Cooper Mays here. Fourth down. All right, some guys that don't affect Tennessee's roster but will affect Tennessee on the field. Graham Mertz says he's coming back to Florida, has unfinished business.
1: That's my favorite line. Unfinished business. You You would think Florida, like, almost got to the national championship or SEC championship this year and, like, and then just missed, like, Florida went five and seven. What's your unfinished business? Getting to six and six?
0: <laughs> and I guess. I six. guess. But <laughs> is, it, is it actually good for Florida, good for Tennessee, that Florida keeps Graham Mertz around?
1: I mean, he did give Tennessee some trouble this year, but I don't think that was because of him. So I think, yeah, it's good for Tennessee. I think it's good for Tennessee. That Florida game was just, it spiraled for a quarter, and that's all that happened in that one. So, yeah, no, I think it's good for Tennessee if Graham Mertz sticks around. I don't think he'll be able to do what he did. That he, they sit, they saved an element of Graham Mertz's game that Tim Banks didn't see and then utilize it in that game. Now the book's out on him. I think Tennessee would absolutely torch Graham Mertz next, next year. But, you know, he's got unfinished business, though, Dave. So, Un-
0: unfinished uh, business. Yes. He, he, he forgot one set that he did in the weight room. I guess that's <laughs> it. Uh, anybody else really affect Tennessee quarterback Dante Moore, Oregon State quarterback DJ Uagalele. Uh They enter the portal as well. Could they end up? Listen, the quarterback play was bad in the SEC this year. Could either of those guys end up in the SEC? Wouldn't stun you? Yeah, them. either Dude.
1: both of them. I think could honestly. We don't know yet. We have to see where they both go. But um, Dante Moore said some very telling things. He said, he said he's entering the transfer portal because he's a quote. I want to develop. I want to go someplace where I can develop at quarterback. That's a direct shot at Chip Kelly, which is saying that Chip Kelly doesn't develop you a quarterback. That's literally what he's saying. Um, DJ Ugalele, uh, uh, Oregon State's head coach has gotten hired somewhere else now. So, uh, I think that with that, Jonathan, Smith, yeah, Jonathan Smith, ah, Jonathan Smith was hired at Michigan State. I think DJ Ugalele may want to follow him. I, he just looked, this is conference realignment having a big issue. Oregon State, Washington State are you know, the two left out on the cold. And you know, when you can play at a power four school next year, you're not going to stay at either one of those schools. It's kind of sad oh. to see.
0: Agree with that. Some news coming in about Tennessee and where they're ranked nationally in terms of attendance. So Michigan is number one at seven hundred and sixty-nine thousand in seven games. Penn State seven hundred and fifty-eight thousand in seven games. Tennessee seven hundred and thirteen thousand in three games. LSU four. Seven Alabama. games. Seven games. Oh, seven still games. Seven what games. did I say? Okay, you said in games. three games. Oh, that'd be amazing. All right. So what does this say about? tennessee's home field advantage and does it continue if tennessee puts up let's say a nine win season next year with nico as the quarterback does that does that continue or is this a short term mega home field advantage tennessee's always going to have a home field advantage just how significant is that let me me ask that of of you caleb a scale of one to ten how big is it We're represented by Banks and Jones, Tennessee's trial attorneys. Play to win. BanksJones.com. Why Banks and Jones? Other lawyers say they'll go to trial. They won't. They'll settle. Settle for less. Banks and Jones, ready to go to trial for you. Truly, Tennessee's trial attorney. BanksJones.com. Support our sponsors. That's why they are here. All right. So that's why we're here. Uh, Will Tennessee continue to be the mega home field advantage if the Vols just win nine next year coming off of a eight-win season?
1: Um, maybe not next year, but this is really significant, Dave. How this played out because let let me point out a couple of stats for you. Tennessee is no longer like in the conversation like it was in the early two thousands for the biggest stadium. There were some safety precautions; they had to pull some seats out. People got mad at the late Mike Hamilton for doing that, but the fact of the matter is. What was happening in the late 90s was Tennessee was trying to cram seats to outdo Michigan, and they violated every single building code and safety measure possible to do that. Well, and
0: they were totally uncomfortable, too. I mean, that was before my fat, fat days, and I was uncomfortable sitting in those seats. Yeah, that was a stupid um, competition between Michigan and Tennessee, and I'm glad they moved on from it. You're right, Mike Hamilton deserves credit for that. It's a much more fan-friendly type of environment. Now, I I found it interesting— that out of the top nine auburn georgia texas a&m alabama lsu and tennessee are in that group so six of nine well that's not the real the story season. though the you real story the real though
1: story. the real story is tennessee number three because what i was getting at was that tennessee has now i believe they fall. they have the sixth largest stadium they're only third in the sec lsu and texas a&m both are ranked higher. Now, okay, Texas A&M, I understand why they're not. They're sixth. I understand why they are not they are 6 i understand why they do not want to show up for games. They want a Jimbo Fisher fired. And so I get why they quit showing up. LSU, though, literally had a parallel to Tennessee this year where they expected a lot of big things and it just didn't match what they did. But LSU had some big home games and you would have thought that they would have had fans show up more. And let's not, let's not forget this, Dave. Tennessee, this was the year where their biggest games, if you do their three biggest games, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, two of the three were on the road. And so because two of the three were on the road, they should have had less attendance this year. It should have been a drop. And they finished number third, again, ahead of LSU, ahead of Texas A&M. Another stadium that's bigger than theirs is Ohio Stadium, Ohio State. They had better attendance in Ohio State. And Ohio State was in the college football playoff rankings. This, to me, tells you the story of who are fans – what are our fan which program are who's more excited about the state of their programs right now ohio state having the third largest stadium and being behind tennessee uh and lsu and alabama and texas a and georgia that to me suggests that they're they're out on Ryan Day
0: uh, yeah, but also remember this, too. A lot of those tickets were purchased following a 10-win season, and I did see an awful lot of uh, Georgia and Vanderbilt post about tickets for sale. So I think you're seeing, unless Tennessee wins 10 or 11 games, I think you're seeing the erosion a little bit, the early bits of the erosion from the 10-win season as far as fan support. I don't think you're anywhere, shape, form, Even close to throw a yellow flag, much less a red flag. Everything's still fine. But I think you're seeing the beginning of that. If Tennessee were to win eight games next year or nine games, uh, I don't think that Tennessee would be an elite home field advantage. Still very good. So we're splitting hairs to some extent. Uh, Still very, very good.
2: It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Wasiya's best-selling Andaria Algae body oil and body butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures.